With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Thursday, everyone. Thank you for spending your lunch break with us once again, and welcome into Catching Up with Bob Lavelle. I'm your host, Joe Perello of SweetSports.com. That's S-U-I-T-E, Sports.com. We're quite the boutique sports site, so check us out whenever you get a chance. I'm joined, as always, by the man himself, the face of Boston sports for nearly three decades, Mr. Bob Lavelle. And, Bob, I got to tell you, you know, this is usually the time of year that the Patriots are front and center. We're talking nothing but football, especially with the way the Red Sox have played the last couple of years. But right now, are you getting the sense that Boston is back to being a, a little bit of a baseball town? I think that that you just hit it, hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, I, I think this has become a very uh, likable, if not lovable, team. Uh, now, unfortunately, expectations have uh, crept into the uh, equation where there were no expectations before expectations yeah. really there's there's no there's no upside to expectations but it it's hard not to <laughs> so yeah i think i think these guys have a shot to to really go all the way and i'm not just whistling past the graveyard either i i, I think the way the world series is through detroit so that could be a problem but we'll have to wait and see yeah, well, Detroit's certainly a really good ball club, but the last time Boston played them, uh, they, they didn't have too much trouble uh, putting runs on the board. And well, you know, they were, they were, well, they didn't, but they didn't face Verlander either. They, they yeah, did get true. the Scherzer, which was pretty surprising. Uh, and Porcello they beat, but they did not get the Verlander, but they'll get plenty of Verlander if they ever meet in the playoffs. <laughs> My hope is that Detroit will be uh, eliminated somewhere before. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think it's really important uh, that the Red Sox – not only obviously clinch the division, which is going to handle it, happen in the next few days, but also the yeah. fact that they get the best record. I mean, I think that's yeah. that way they, they will avoid Detroit in the first round. Uh, just, you know, I think it's just really important that they do. Yeah, and, you know, they're sitting, what, like, they're like four games up on Detroit and uh, I think some three games up on Oakland or, or something along Pretty those close. lines you know, it's right. for the best it's, record. You know, it's definitely yeah. – it's definitely winnable. It's definitely losable. I mean, I'm talking about the best yeah. record, but I, I do think for once the best record really has some significance. The question is, which is going to be the most uh, important priority for them? Uh, getting their rotation lined up or trying to win every game uh, because mm-hmm. of all that comes with it in terms of you know matchups in the playoffs. It's hard to it's hard to say. I, and they do have four days rest afterwards. So, you know what? This is their decision, but it's another one that they're gonna they're gonna have to make in terms of strategy. Yeah, and it's definitely you know, do you go for that right now? I, I think as of right now, you mentioned you got a couple days off, especially now you've got that extra wild card game and and a few days to rest up and get your uh, you know your starting rotation in order. 
I would think you got to go for it and be as aggressive as possible right now because, like you mentioned, you don't want to have to face Detroit or, you know, Oakland in the first round. You know, you're going to have to face one of – presumably one of those teams eventually. But you'd like to only have to face one of them and not have to face two division winners uh, on your way to the World Series. And, you know, Boston, I, like you mentioned, the, the American League East is all but a formality at this point. They're eight games up on Tampa Bay with, you know, a little like ten games left, something along those lines. They've pretty much got that sewed up. Uh, they almost clinched the, a playoff spot last night. They didn't. They'll either clinch it with a, either a Cleveland loss or a win tonight. So they're, they're, they're for all extent and purposes, in the postseason. Now, let's look a little bit ahead. When they get to the postseason, other than just matchups, what's going to be the key to Boston uh, going forward? And, you know, it's so tough to predict. Baseball is the ultimate numbers over a long period of time kind of game. But when you get into a series, it's tough to predict who's going to get hot. Uh, and who's going to emerge. What do you think some of the keys are for Boston once they get into the postseason? Well, it's not going to be revolutionary to uh, bring up the uh, phrase starting pitching. There's no question about that. Uihara will will either be the magical guy he was or he won't, Uh, but they really have to be able to get to him and and get to him and and so it's a clean uh, save if he gets to hold the ball, not like last night where it, it came in for one inning and it was tied. And so it's all about, yeah, no question, starting pitching. And who's to doubt that the Red Sox have uh, a great rotation? The best, I'm not sure if they're as good as Detroit, but I think throughout the whole pitching, it's 11 guys, 11 pitchers on the roster. I think the Red Sox are totally uh, are the class of the field. And that includes uh, Uihara and the starters, they just have to figure out a way to get to Uihara in the ninth inning. Uh, that seventh, seventh and eighth inning uh, gap is going to be so important. Yeah, yeah, trying to find out that, that who can set the table, if you will, for that uh, for that save, yeah, that closer. But... Yeah, Breslow's been great. Uh, I think he'd like to find a right-hander that can do it. I, I, I don't know. They have depth. They have options. Are yeah. these guys all perform, I don't know. Every, you know, it's, it's not surprising to have someone step up and uh, and do it all. It's like against mm-hmm. against Colorado, it was Ellsbury who came out of nowhere and started, you know, was the game changer for the Red Sox in the, uh, the last part of that series. So we'll see. I, I still think Stephen Drew has been the best clutch hitter on the ball club, but he's had plenty of help for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, timely hitting has been uh, somewhat remarkably easy to find for the Red Sox, it seems, this season. And uh, if they do get the best record in the American League, they'll go in, they'll have to face the winner of that uh, one-game wild-card playoff, which I think is, is kind of a crock, but <laughs> but that's that's my opinion. But it does make baseball more exciting. You look at, you look at the wild-card race, there's, you know, five teams still fighting for uh, for two spots, so it does make for some excitement, doesn't it? Well, that does, and that's exactly what Major League Baseball wanted to have happen when they created the extra wild card. It is going, you know, it's kind of like hope on a stick. It's like going in and buying a new golf club <laughs> and expecting it to work every time. But that's yeah. that's the nature of of keeping the teams alive in the playoffs uh, because, obviously, their fan base is much more interested when you have a chance to win. So, yeah, this is why they did it. Uh, and I, it's it's not a bad thing. This is going to be a very interesting week because there are going to be games, winner go home, 
uh, win or go on, lose or go home. It's sudden death games every every day, starting I think Monday. So yeah. see what happens? I think that's going to be exciting. Yeah, and you look at you look at the National League. You pretty much got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. If one of them doesn't somehow win that division, locked into the wild card, they'll probably face each other. Uh, so there's not much drama there. I think Washington's sitting like six games back with ten to go. So yeah, barring I think a, a the drama. No, the drama's in the American League for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, it'll be it's, it's the American League. Very it's plenty of drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean. Isn't it interesting that the preseason choice Toronto is not mm-hmm. even doesn't even have a sniff of any opportunity, yeah. and they were every they were everybody's early season favorite to do some real yeah. damage, and the Red Sox were uh, anything but. Yeah, yeah, no, the Red Sox, and you know, you look at it and you say Tampa Bay and Texas, they're tied for the wild card. Uh, I know those two teams, you know, they're they're nobody's going to be too excited to play either one of those two teams. They're both. They're both pretty darn good. Cleveland and Baltimore both within a game of them. And then look out, you know, the Yankees still floating around. They're only two and a half back, and Kansas City's two and a half back. I'm sure most people would rather play Kansas City than New York. But out of those wild card teams, Tampa, Texas, Cleveland, Baltimore, New York, uh, who's the team that Boston doesn't want to face uh, in the first round should they get that uh, best record in the American League? I don't think you want to face Tampa as, as bad as they are this year in terms of run production. I still think yeah. their pitching can get hot and, and short series that can dominate everything. And I still think that Tampa is probably the one you don't want to face. I, you know, it, it would be pretty interesting to have to, to, have to face Cleveland uh, down the line with Francona coming in here, but yeah. that could be just that be a great story. But I do think the, the last team I'd want to face is, is Tampa. But you know what? They haven't had much success this year with Baltimore, so there we go. No. Yeah, and like I said, Baltimore floating a game out of that wild card, and you know you look at it, and one, two, three, four, five, six teams, all with a realistic shot at uh, fighting just, for those two spots. The Red Sox, you can't just Red Sox, you can't just roll over and expect to to win it all. I mean, this is everything's yeah. going to be a challenge. I'm not I'm not saying the party line. I'm just saying that this is what happens when you get expectations. Uh, you expect yeah. your team to win. I think that's a real that could be a real problem. But, yeah, yeah, again, I know. And anybody that just right. expects the, the Red Sox to roll through the American League, it's fooling themselves because those are just the wild card teams. We're not even talking about, you know, Detroit, Oakland, uh, some teams that can win the division. And then should you get to the World Series, uh, the National League maybe not as deep as the American League, but, you know, St. Louis's look great, Pittsburgh's look great. And any one team that comes out of there, it, you know, it's going to be a dogfight the rest of the way. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's, uh, and, uh, it's kind of exciting because the trouble is, with a casual fan, it's too complicated. It's like just, I don't, you, know, you don't know which teams to watch on the scoreboard. And if you do know a couple teams, you don't know why. And uh, so yeah. it's like between the wild card and the division and the best record, you almost have to sit back, watch, enjoy the games, and then they'll tell you who you're going to play and where and when. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's going to be interesting. But either way, uh, I'm sure, you know, playoff baseball at Fenway is going to be a very welcome uh, re-addition re to the Boston sports landscape uh, this time of year because, you know, it's just seemed kind of missing the last couple of years. And, you know, we, like we've talked about, the Patriots have just dominated everything this time of year because, you know, the Red Sox, not only have they been out of it, but they have just haven't been an easy team to watch the last couple of years. <sighs> 
but it's, uh, it's uh, totally different this year. And, you know, I, I do want to talk about the Patriots a little bit. They've got a game coming up uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you mentioned Tampa in baseball. Does Tampa scare you much in football? They, you know, they lost a close one to the Jets, which didn't look great for them. But then they lost a close one to New Orleans, which did look really good for them. Uh, and New England hasn't exactly been blowing teams away. And the teams they've been facing are Buffalo and New York. Uh, when you look at the Patriots Buccaneers matchup this week, it's in Foxborough. You know, kind of what are you expecting from that one? I don't think that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are ready for prime time in any sense, no. any sense of uh, of what's going to happen here. I, again, the Patriots seem to be prohibitive favorites. Uh, I don't know what no. the line is, but it's severely uh, heavy on the Patriots side. I mean, Tampa's getting a lot of a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh, I uh, I just I just put my pick in seven and a half points. Whew, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a I lot with the way the Patriots are playing offense. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Patriots, uh, at least they hope they do, are, have a lot of these problems <laughs> with their young receivers solved uh, right. in the time that they've had extra time that they've had to work. So uh, let's see what happens. And I certainly would think that Tom Brady's sideline demeanor will be a lot different. Because um, yeah. I think he, I think he was really embarrassed by the video once he saw it. That way, he was, you know, yelling at people. It's just, it was, it was like an angry child. But yeah. the only time I've ever really seen him lose it, um, nothing wrong with wanting to win and yelling and all that stuff. But he kind of lost it. But it's, you know what? It's yeah, you did a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah, but you know, young I, don't think young gonna, I don't think you're going to see that again. Yeah, well, certainly I, I know you kind of you made mention of it in, in your blog this week that he you know kind of had the petulant child thing going on, and uh, right, right, I know a lot right. of other people weren't weren't thrilled with it. I uh, saw after that game on on NFL Network, Michael Irvin kind of called him out and uh, gave him the receiver's perspective, and we know Michael Irvin's not exactly shy to voice his opinion as a receiver, but you know. I don't think Tom would be making those kind of gestures if he had a receiver like Michael Irvin on that team. Right now, you know, with Amendola out, with Gronkowski's uh, timetable for return in, in question, uh, you obviously don't want to see him kind of like belittling the guys and kind of, you know, chastising them as if they're children. But, you know, he's got to do something. Uh, he's got to do something to kind of elevate their play and get them ready a little quicker because they just did not look good against New York. Yeah, you know what? It's not going to happen again, Joe. I'm sure that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this was his one uh, mistake that, that we've seen yeah. in behavior. Otherwise, he's been picture perfect. And I, I think he knows it. I think he mm-hmm. plans on it. I think it's important to him. And I don't think he's going to be uh, repeating that behavior on the sidelines. I'd be shocked if that happened. Yeah, I, I think most people were. When you look at, you mentioned the line, it was uh, seven and a half. Uh, in favor of the Patriots, either seven or seven and a half. I just put just put my picks in on SweetSports.com if you want to see. I went ten five and one against the spread last week, so I'm not saying you should take all your money to Vegas with my picks, but you know it might make some money. Uh, so Sam, you know, it's but, really unbelievable. I'm gonna let you handle my finances <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard because I, I think I did the exact opposite the week before. I went like five ten and one. So you know, it, it's gambling for a reason. You go up and down. But uh, the Patriots this week, yeah, uh, know, they're, the they're end, a tough one to pick. In the yeah. end, he's usually down more than Europe, which is why they, you know, why these <laughs> people have great livings because they know what they're doing. 
Now they they most certainly do, and and I feel like every week picking the Patriots line. I thought last week was pretty easy. I, I thought there was no way they were going to blow away the Jets the way Vegas thought. But this week, it's a really intriguing line because you think, you know, the Buccaneers they're just not that good. They they've they've blown games. They they all they're in fighting with each other. No one's living up to expectations. The game's in Foxborough. You gotta think the Patriots are gonna be getting better every week that Brady gets, you know, another week of reps with these young guys. And the defense has actually been a, a little bit of a pleasant surprise. But at the same time, Tampa plays everybody close. So do you really think the Patriots are gonna win by more than a touchdown? You know, who would you take with that spread? Seven and a half. I, I just think I, I kinda flipped a coin on that one. I think it's a really, really tough line to pick. Well, let me decide what you do because I'll do whatever you do. It's always good to follow somebody that knows what you're talking about when it comes to the world of betting. Oh, God. Well, I'm taking New England, so <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't tell anybody yeah, I'm taking I, it very I, strongly. No, I think that's a good I think that's a good pick. It's a solid pick. The one thing I hate to do is I hate to sit there and root for the opposition. You know, you really yeah. you really do want to root for your home team, so it's like how many fans are yeah, you? How many fans do you get all these you and Joe? Uh, oh gosh, I'm in three leagues. <laughs> I don't pay attention really? to any of them because they all they all play against each other. So like I'm rooting for one player in one league. I'm rooting against them and we'll see what like it's. I, yeah. I just don't even think about it while the games are being played. I look at it afterwards, but I don't even think about it while the games are being played. Now, do you mind me asking how much money you got tied up in these three leagues? Oh, none. I will not play fantasy football for money. I. Because I, 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 I don't pay attention to it. Because I set my lineup before the week starts, decide what I'm going to do, and I don't look at my other leagues while I'm making the decisions. Because you know you don't want to, like, you know, you got Trent Richardson in one league, and then you got to root against him in another league. I don't think about that. I just put in who I think the best players are, and then I don't think about it the whole week. Because I know every time I cheer for a guy scoring a touchdown, he's scoring against me in another league. So I just don't think about it all week. And then at the end, I, I look and see how I did. And, Usually I'm either one and two or two and one. I never win all of them. I never lose all of them. So it's, yeah, uh, that's good. I think that's right. That's a healthy way of doing it. Don't pay attention <laughs> to it. It's like that's why I never watched you know videotapes of sportscasts that I did. I just couldn't do it. There are other people yeah. I worked with uh, on the uh, you know newscasters or weather people or whatever. That's the first thing they do mm-hmm. after the show is over. They go out get the videotape and watch themselves perform. Uh, Mm-hmm. I, I presumably to see if they could do something better. I, I never, uh, I've never watched. Honest to God, you wouldn't be surprised. You'd be surprised at how much stuff I've done on television that I've never seen, which is fine with me. <laughs> I, it's just one of those things, you know. Yeah. So wh- why not? Why wouldn't you watch it? Just you didn't feel like it. I don't or you know. Like no, it's yourself? just too painful. Uh, <laughs> it's just too painful. Um, I would be my own. Uh, Worst critic, and I don't need the aggravation. Uh-huh. I don't need to like review this and that uh, little things that I, that I wish I had done differently. The less I know the, yeah. about my, but I suppose it would be a teaching moment if you went back and looked and said, "Well, I could do this better." But I'm sorry, I'm not there. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think you did well enough that you didn't need to go back and critique. Well, that's nice of you to say that. Right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. But, I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> Just... Well, you know, as uh, as somebody that didn't watch a lot of your stuff, uh, you know, way back in the day, but now I'm watching these old videos. And like I said, we posted one 
uh, on Sweet Sports with some of those old little vignettes you used to do uh, cutting into the Tonight Show that were uh, pretty hilarious. If you haven't seen them, you should check them out, out on Sweet Sports. But uh, I know you got yeah, you a chance to watch them. I know you haven't seen those in a while, had you? I haven't seen them. I have not seen them ever. So I, they're there, and I'm going to have to look at them. And I'm also going to be tracking down all of the sports spotlights that we did and probably we'll have those posted somewhere. Uh, probably start with sweet sports and put them, then put them on my webpage or something. But now those are pretty funny. But I, I, they were funny when I was doing them. Uh, nobody else yeah. was doing them at the time. Now everybody's doing them. So I yeah. just quit after a while because it wasn't unique. But the ones <laughs> we have were, were pretty good. Yeah, and uh, I was actually uh, there was a there's a sportscaster out in Louisville, Kentucky now that does uh, he works in pop culture references uh, and things like that and to each of his sportscasts and one of them he did you know hip hop rap references one he did professional wrestling references one he does TV drama references and, and they always get you know reblogged and reposted and retweeted and he's very popular nationwide now even though he's you know just in Louisville, Kentucky and I I couldn't help but think that that was a uh, a little bit of a, a nod to kind of some of the humorous stuff you used to do back in the day that, you know, uh, you kind of, kind of, I don't want to say, you know, invented something like that because who knows, but, you know, you did kind of set the bar pretty high for, uh, you know, sports are sports, but mixing in humor and doing different kinds of funny things kind of changed the way we look at sports casts. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I was talking to somebody this week at that event, the tradition, uh, mm-hmm. and we were talking about the television career that uh, I had had. And I, I told him, I said, it seems like to me it happened to somebody else. Like I was, okay, I was there. <laughs> I was watching it. I was experiencing it. But in the final analysis, it belonged, somebody else did it. And uh, yeah. that's, I know it's bizarre, but that's kind of the way it feels. And it kind of the way it went, and I probably feel that way just out of self-protection, you know, not feeling mm-hmm. responsible for either anything <laughs> bad or good. So it's yeah. just, I know it's a little bizarre, but you know, when we do the sports psychologist show, uh, you know, and then I'll start laying down on the couch and start talking about it. <laughs> well, when we get a dead week, maybe after uh, after football season and before the uh, the hockey and basketball playoffs, maybe we'll uh, we'll sit you down and we'll lay you down on the couch and we'll do some sports psychology with you, Bob. <laughs> All right, that right. sounds good. <laughs> well, until then, uh, we'll we'll stick to the we'll stick to the Patriots and Red Sox. They're certainly going to give us a lot to talk about over the next couple months, and uh, I can't think of anyone better to talk about than you, Mr. LaBelle. And uh, Bob, that's all we got time for, unless you want to add anything else uh, to finish off the show. Yeah, I'm happy to hear. You know, I love hearing coming to talk to you about this. So, hey, next week at this time, we'll know a lot more because next week at this time, we're coming down to the last weekend of the baseball season. Hopefully those games won't mean anything, and uh, we'll know exactly (laughs) at least when we're going to play, if not who and where. Yeah, most definitely, and uh, a lot of people in Boston cheering for some meaningless baseball next week. Uh, That's all the time we've got for you today. Uh, For Bob LaBelle, I'm Joe Perello. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you next week. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.